This is a missing persons update from the Minneapolis Police Department. The city police have issued a statement on the search for Trevion Graham's missing jump shot. Recent reports suggest the non-existent jump shot may have been seen in the Atlanta area. If you have any tips about the whereabouts of Graham's jumper, send them to the Georgia State Police. Thank you. Welcome to episode 127 of Wolvescast, the show that is sick of making jokes about players being sick. Sick of it. It's hosted by myself and my brother, I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are back. I think you're probably, if you're listening to this right now as you're shoveling, because you got a lot of shoveling to do yeah. this weekend. Yeah. I listen to a podcast whenever I shovel. I, just, can, I can hear that snowblower run in the background. So that's that. right. I'm just reminding you, use your knees, not your back when you're yes. shoveling. I've gotten to the age now where my back hurts when I'm shoveling around. So. What other shoveling tips do you have for the folks out there? Uh, Drop you know, a little, a little uh, sand or a little, uh, you know, uh, salt on that. On oh, that sure, thing? absolutely. Yeah. There, I'm, this is a recrimination on myself because yeah. this winter I've been doing so good. Even if it snows a little, I'll go shovel it, and then for the next snow, it's so much easier to take care of because you took care of it earlier. So even if you have to do it like two times, three times a weekend, just getting out there and getting in early can really help. Get ahead and of then it. this week I didn't do it. It snowed earlier this week, and I haven't shoveled all week, and now it's going to snow tomorrow, and then it's going to have different layers of snow consistency, like Awful. the stuff that's fresh. Tomorrow will be easy to sco- shovel, but with the stuff that's been there since Monday, it's going to be packed down and harder. I'm really regretting my decision. Get your shoveling in early and let this podcast be an inspiration to you. You can, you have this new show. You can put it on and you can get out there. You know, like you're saying, you got a show. You're way more likely to go shovel. So yeah, yeah. If, if I don't have a podcast to listen to, I'm not shoveling and I'm not doing dishes. Well, there you go, everybody. I hope you uh, hope you uh, survive the blizzard that's happening soon. Um, today on Wolves Cast, we have a very special guest. We're doing a, we're doing a show with a guest throughout the entire thing. It's a new thing we're going to be trying out to do here on Wolves Cast, and a very special guest here in studio with us um, today, Lucas Seehofer. Uh, he's a physical therapist, and he uh, is covering athlete health for Wolf Among Wolves, The Step Back, and Forbes. Lucas, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. If uh, if I would have known there was going to be so much shoveling talk, I would have prepared a little more. But <laughs> how, what's your technique, Luke? What kind of how are you feeling about your shovel your shovel game these days? Use the legs. Use the legs. It's all in the hips. Yes. Don't use those backs. Yeah. And what, and what do you think about like uh, your shovel these days? You have a quality one, or you're going to need to upgrade? Maybe. Uh, well, actually, I have a landlord, so he takes care of all the shoveling. I don't have to worry about it. Oh, that my is, landlord just bugs at. me about shoveling. He's like, Scott, <laughs> we had it in the lease agreement. Send me, send me an updated page of the lease agreement just as a reminder <laughs> scott we drove by the house here's the thing it's not shoveled yeah we have an agreement um but lucas is here we're gonna do the whole show together but first of all lucas let's talk a little bit about your background and and um you know for me i i think you're you're very unique uh unique twitter twitter follower what well, first of all what is your what is your twitter handle where can folks follow you yeah uh you can follow me at at sport kinematics okay um so that's s-p-o-r-t-k-i-n-e M-A-T-I-C-S. There we I go. believe I spelled that right. Yes. And, um, you know, to me, it's so unique as you are you are laser focused on the um, the health, the, the body, the injuries, all those things about not just the Wolves, but league wide. But sort of how did you get into this and, and how did you find yourself where you are now, like 
tweeting about basketball and the intersection of basketball and the body, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I really started following the NBA, uh, you know, back when Rubio first came around, actually. Oh. Uh, so he was, he like many Wolves fans, I'm, uh, you know, I have to share the same origin story. Um, but once I, so I did four years of undergrad down in Mankato, uh, studying exercise science, which is basically uh, how the body responds to activity exercises, you know, the, 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 the biological processes behind that, all that kind of stuff. Um, after doing four years at Mankato, went and did three years of PT school at the University of South Dakota. Uh, while I was down there, I uh, decided I needed a hobby because what better time to find a hobby than when you're in graduate school? Um, <laughs> Get all the time in the world. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I started writing about the Timberwolves then uh, for my own independent site called The Long Two. Uh, from there, uh, I wrote for Canis for a little while. Uh, and then... What a wonderful website yeah yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and then i uh transitioned to a wolf among wolves from there so uh i guess i i started out really writing about the wolves covering about the wolves but once i got more into my physical therapy school and now that i'm an actual physical therapist i uh, decided i'd kind of uh, try and fill that niche that i feel is not really you know kind of like you said not covered a whole lot out there wow uh, it's like 10 years ago and you you could see the lawn two would be an appropriate name for covering the timberwolves <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> took them a whole decade to knock that off yeah <laughs> Wow. So, you know, and that's so interesting because, yeah, I feel like it's 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 it was just a matter of of your sort of, you know, your schooling and your career, like, uh, you know, becoming, you know, because I feel like it's it's sort of a more new thing. And you're you're a part of adding to this new coverage of, you know, not just sort of the basketball, but sort of the uh, on the courts, off the court stuff, too, and the injuries and all this stuff. It's so important. And, And I guess just the league just getting so much bigger. Was there anything that kind of like, I guess, led you into this of being like, like oh this is this is something I should I could do beyond the fact that I just do this in my life yeah so um, part of it is was that yeah I just do yeah. this I just have a crazy intense you know passion for this kind <laughs> yeah. of stuff so I could talk about injuries all day long yeah. um, but the second part of it was when that load management discussion really kind of kicked uh-huh. off towards the end of the summer and like you know there's a lot of you know I don't want to say misinformation but there's a lot of not you know concepts that aren't being fully explored uh with this conversation i think Mm -hmm. there was a lot of um missing ingredients and i thought well i'm I'm in a decent position to talk about some of this stuff so i figured uh you know maybe i'll start talking about that a little bit more and then uh, one thing led to another a bunch of kind of high profile injuries at the beginning of the of the nba season um yeah i think that you know we like reading your stuff because it's so rare for people to actually dive into what the injuries mean like you would think that would be something that we see more often, but like until I read your stuff, I was like, oh, I'm not getting this anywhere else. This is kind of level of detail. Like the best thing I can think of in comparison is I listen to fantasy baseball podcast, ESPN's uh, Fantasy Focus. They have Stefania Bell who comes on and she also understands like the injury. So she's huh. not just like, oh, he has a torn sh- shoulder labrum or whatever. She's like how this will affect the swain, what the recovery is with that muscle group. How it, and so it's kind of like, oh, this is giving me context on injuries that actually, you know, teach me something instead of just being like, oh, he'll be out six weeks, groin strain, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I kind of feel like the the, the general discussion around injuries uh, is a lot of like player X has injury Y will miss certain amount of time. Uh, injury Y sounds very scary, but there's no information about it. So then the, the conversation becomes like, oh, is this going to affect him moving forward? Like, oh, this is super serious, like all that kind of stuff. When really it's like, Okay, some of these, yeah, they might have future impacts, but some of these really, 
you know, are just isolated events. They're not going to make the, you know, the athlete quote unquote injury prone, uh, but we don't get that discussion very often. So I thought that that would be kind of, you know, I, I tried to do my best to take a, a pro player approach when it comes to discussing these injuries. Uh, and I, I feel like that's something that's kind of missing out there. Very cool. Well, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to have Lucas you know, on the show here throughout this entire episode. And we'll get into some more talk about uh, the medical side of things and uh, the body side of things. So we'll get into mailbag a little bit later. But I think we should uh, just jump right into week recap here and uh, talk about the last week of Timberwolves basketball. Um, basically, we just bad week, to, bad, tough, tough week. Uh, Neil doesn't want to talk about the Portland game because it was last Thursday and you're getting this on Friday. So it's yeah. technically more than a week ago, but we didn't talk about it on the last show. I'm just throwing it out there because I need to mention a win because otherwise it's all losses this week. There so. was a win. There, there was, was a one win, win one week ago as we recorded By a this. Portland team that was finishing a five-game road trip and clearly did not want to play that yes, game. Yes, yes. The team uh, now uh, is uh, 15 and 25 down to 25th in offensive rating, up to 15th in defensive rating. Good for the 23rd best net rating uh, in the league. It's wild to me that we've played 40 games already. Yeah, halfway. Tomorrow's Pacer game in Indianapolis will mark the halfway mark of the season. My goodness. I just feel like that's flown by. I always feel that way. The NBA season goes too fast. Yes, um, but then we had, after that win, had a trio of L's on a three-game losing streak right now, losing in Houston 109-139 on Saturday. Uh, losing uh, at home to Oklahoma City on uh, Monday, 104-117. We went to that game. We were at the game. And then uh, the other night, uh, Wednesday night, uh, lost Indiana 99-104. to But, uh, yeah, let's kind of just talk about these games in general, if anything popped out to us or kind of what we've seen recently. Um, what where should we start? Let's let's just. I guess we could go a little bit more. That Houston game was was pretty interesting until Houston went on a twenty three to five run in the second quarter, and then the Wolves just couldn't score at all in the third. That was that was crazy. That's but that's also sort of like you know you're you're going up against one of the better teams in the league. You know, both Westbrook and uh, and Harden out there playing. That's that's tough, you know. When that team's hitting threes, they're they're pretty much impossible to beat. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, the third quarter they scored forty five points. It reminded Crazy. me of Game Four of our playoff series against them when we were up at halftime and James Harden was doing really poorly and everyone was chanting Harden sucks, Harden sucks. I'm like, don't poke the bear, don't poke the bear. And they came out and scored fifty points in the third quarter. So uh, that's on all of you. Don't poke the bear, please. Yeah, Pablo Prigioni was ejected in that game, which I thought was interesting, right? We haven't really seen much of that, you know, not even like one tech, and then he's like just gone in, in this game. That was kind of interesting, you know, a little, little tech, a little... Said something uh, to get under the skin. A little something extra there. Um, but yeah, what about some of these other games? What have we been seeing sort of in general from the, from, from the Wolves? What, what do we got, guys? What, what I think it's about? just been the story uh, that we come up with every week since Cat's been out. The defense uh, keeps us in games, but we just can't score enough, and if Eventually, uh, you know, the levy breaks and they go on a little bit of a scoring run and we just can't catch up anymore. Uh, just there's nobody who can. And this is something I thought about because Wiggins, we're going to talk, talk about how tough it's been for him lately. He's been a little disappointing, especially when compared to what he was at earlier this season. But I think that it just goes to show even when Wiggins is bad, at least he can create his shot. At least he can get a shot off. There's so many guys on this team who can't create their own shot, and it really shows during some of these stretches. Just when we struggle to score, yeah, totally. And you know, I, I think you know, let's, let's talk about what we kind of saw in, in the Oklahoma City game on Monday. Um, 
being there in person. It was a pretty good first half, but uh, you know, I think you know we kind of saw where the Wolves can run into trouble. You know, especially scoring the ball. Like their half court offense is still such a problem. <laughs> they were they were scoring baskets off defense and off steals and getting in transition, but the half court offense without Towns is is really a problem. Yeah, and it's uh, I think something we've seen recently is. They've stopped crashing the boards on three-pointers. They've been getting back in transition mm-hmm. instead of trying to get that offensive rebound, and that's been uh, a good change because I think, you know, obviously we, we just get killed in transition, but it does make games like the Thunder where they just destroyed us on the boards, you know, and it yeah. felt the same way against India as well. This has been a bad rebounding team. It gets hurt when Cat's not there, but it's really hard to win these games when, you know, you're giving up 10-plus boards to the other team. Lucas, what do you think? What have you seen from this team without Towns, especially offensively? Like, I keep coming back to the idea of like, is this like relevant information without Towns? Like, mm-hmm. are these games? Do these games matter as far as like a team building, or what can we get from this? But I don't know. What have you seen from the Townsless, especially on the offensive side of the ball? Is there anything there that's interesting to you, or sort of like something you think might be able to carry over? Yeah, I, I want to kind of echo that those same thoughts of it. It's just like you, it's just blatantly obvious that they don't have anybody who can go and create you know for not only for themselves but for other you know for the teammates um you know towns is so just uniquely talented that he doesn't necessarily need that that presence but even like you know wiggins can come back from uh from his illness and he just hasn't looked like the same player that he was before then um and then if you look at the at the teams that they're playing they they have you know players that can be difference makers you know not necessarily on an every night basis per se but like in individual spurts and that's what like you killed him against indiana's you know you had um sabonis with 25 points but i think he had 23 of them in the first half or something like that (laughs) yeah Um, Yeah. and then you had uh you know brogdon uh is just uh one of those solid players who you know is he going to be a multi-time all-star you know not necessarily but he's one of those you know quote-unquote glue guys And, and the timberwolves just are missing that you know i said this early in the year when uh when when wiggins was you know playing up to you know his hype um the 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 wolves at that point anyway have the 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 top end talent to be one of the one of the better teams in the west they just don't have the depth behind them you know yes they have depth in the sense that multiple players can play multiple positions but they don't have like the quality of depth that you see in some of these teams that they're playing and it's right. really starting to kind of show now that they, that that towns has been out for so long and you need that you know, like you're saying you need that depth that accentuates sort of that top end talent right it's right. one thing to have guys but it's another thing to have like the pieces that fit i think that's sort of the difference between having like a yeah like a deep team and like a team that can actually you know complement each other i think those are like two very different things and Obviously, the new front office is, you know, uh, you know, has has, you know, they've they've kind of stepped into this team, and now they got to remake it, kind of, to you know, be something that can work a little better on their high end talent. Um, but yeah, so well, speaking of yeah, that, yeah, speaking of finding pieces that fit with the system, Neil, why don't you take us into full court press? Here we go. Here's the tip. Big news from today, everybody. Uh, Jeff Teague, uh, the point god, a.k.a. Mm. Uh, Ricky Rubio's uh, Rocky replacement. Uh, he has been traded to, back to Atlanta where he started his career and was an all-star. Wow. Along Full with Trevion Graham for Alan Crabb. Alan Crabb. Yeah. His name you misspelled in the doc, Neil. Whoops, whoops, whoops. AC, Cool Breeze is his nickname. AC, uh, or just Cool Breeze is the nickname. Cool Breeze is his nickname. But it's because Scott did some digging, and it's because his initials are AC. That's air right. Air conditioning. 
So, uh, yeah, it's one of those basketball reference nicknames where you're like, I've never seen that before. And you search. Cool Breeze. There's stuff, there's stuff to talk about. So, How do we feel about Cool Breeze? Are we going to call him that? Like, are we going to do no. that? No, you no, won't? I don't yeah. think so. We'll see. <laughs> do you think, like, Jim Pete will call that? Or, like, Ben's will be like, Cool Breeze from three? I could see it being something I would yell after he makes, like, the third three-pointer in a game. Or I'm just yeah. in the stands yeah. and going, Cool Breeze! You yeah. know? <laughs> something like that. Well, we should see if we can get it to catch on. But, uh Obviously, the biggest news here is Teague leaving. Um, you know, yeah. say what you will about Trevion Graham. I really enjoyed watching him on defense, but man, was it tough to see him struggle on offense. Yeah. yeah, so we'll see whether whether he even plays for Atlanta. But uh, Jeff Teague has obviously been very controversial during his time here. Uh, it hurt that he replaced Ricky Rubio, who's a beloved fan favorite. I think that already kind of made him an enemy in some fans' eyes. So he had a already a tough time just coming into this situation. And then I, I never really saw it in that way. Just at, on that point, right? Like I never really got the like Teague replacing Rubio I know they like did the trade you know and sort of like they traded Rubio so they could bring in Jeff Teague yeah on a three-year 57 million dollar contract I guess I saw it as more of like a wholesale like with Tibbs come with all the change that happened in that summer I kind of felt it was more like one big thing rather than like these positions that were swapped out I don't know. Maybe I'm. Maybe I. I, I think I am clearly not speaking for all the fans by saying that. I've, but maybe I was in the minority. But I. I always felt like that was like the writing was on the wall for Ricky, and it was less of a swap out situation and more of like a oh, lots of things are about to change here. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we only got one good year out of him. Uh, that first season Jeff, that yeah. we made the playoffs with him, and he was a a very good contributing member of this team. Last year, it was decimated by injuries. First time in his career, he missed the playoffs. For he missed, missed forty. Games 40 games and, after yeah. being like an iron man in this league and then this year he's obviously just been listless not good for the system and ended up coming off the bench uh so one good year out of three for jeff teague but i think fans are ready to move on how do you feel yeah i'm i'm de- i think everybody's ready to move on right from the jeff teague experience yeah i think uh he you know kind of going back to, to what you guys were saying i also wonder if the plan originally uh was let you know rubio go bring in kyle lowry Uh, but then lowry said nah i'll i'll go i'll stay in toronto um so then the backup option was jeff teague could be so i wonder if that had uh something to do there's always lowry to the wolves buzz yeah always like all the front offices that have come through here have like wanted him or whatever Mm. there's enough smoke like flip like so much smoke there must be a little bit of fire behind that something something there but yeah i think it's one um, thing to want a player it's a a very different thing to actually get them to come here maybe he wants to come here because maybe that's the common thing right maybe um but as far as yeah as far as teague goes yeah i think yeah, I think he will sort of be mostly remembered for that first year, you know, for how good they were that first. We'll kind of think remember that. And then, yeah, from there, he kind of fell out of favor. And then, you know, especially this season, I think it's just really just a matter of him not being a fit. You know, uh, I think uh, also Gerson Rosas talked about that in his press conference today about, you know, it's really just a, it's really just this player doesn't fit with what we're trying to do now, you know. Yeah, and there's also, you know, early season he got a bad start because of some injuries yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. There's some weird stuff going on with his feet. Yeah. Uh, so I just feel like he, he was never really healthy last season, and he started this season not really healthy, and I think that it just made it really hard for him to compete at a level you would expect out of somebody with Teague's pedigree. Uh, so that was really frustrating for His fans. days as a starting point guard, you know, are, you know he's, in, he's in the later years of his career, and, you know, maybe for some bad teams he can be the starting point guard, but I think he can still be in the league for a while as a backup, you know, as a scorer off the bench, you know, obviously he's not not known for his defense and, you know, really just kind of known for, you know, getting his and, and really kind of being a ball-dominant, you know, kind of decision-maker out there. So, 
You know, but I think, especially for Atlanta, I think it's actually a very good deal for Atlanta, who has nothing at all at the backup point guard. And, you know, it's one of their many, many problems they've had this season and why they're one of the worst teams in the league is they got no one behind Trey Young. And you also, know? you know, Teague's an expiring contract. Yeah, so Atlanta's like, you know what? This is a lost season for us. Atlanta's not getting into the playoffs this season. You know, their record's terrible. And they have the worst record in the NBA, I believe. And so for them, they're like, okay, we need somebody to eat minutes here. Why don't we bring back a fan favorite? Why don't we be bring back a guy who was here when we won 60 games and he made the all-star team that year? So I think it's a good homecoming for him. Um, let's get some drops in here before we talk about the future. Before we talk about This AC, is the Wolves cast way of sending off a player. Our farewell. We yeah. retire all the drops by playing them one more time. Especially for a relatively unpopular player like Jeff Teague. I don't know that we'll need to keep these around. Like Ricky no. Rubio, we have some of the drops that we keep. Because we reference him a lot, you know, we gotta get back to that. Already brought him up on this podcast. Um, but let's let's get to some of these uh, these drops, maybe for the last time ever. Jeff T with the one hand package of TNT. Dunking right Ooh. there. Jeff T dunks. That's something I'll, that will remember. Oh, I, I will miss that little that guy he, getting up. Well, yeah, when he gets that fast break, he doesn't <laughs> want to risk getting blocked, and he would just he would do the dunk. All right, on the opposite side of that. It's a beautiful shot from Jeff T. Oh, sorry, I thought I was gonna say floater. <laughs> Matador defense by Jeff T. That's probably my favorite one. Matador defense yeah. by Jeff T. That really sums it up really, really well. Here's one more. Oh, I love this attacking yeah. Jeff T. <laughs> there you go. I think that's, uh, let's see if there's any other ones on here. No. That's... Lucas, have any feelings about Jeff T you'd like to share? You know, I think I, I'm, uh, you know, like I said, I, I became a Wolves fan because of Ricky Rubio. Uh, I do think that Teague was kind of, uh, you know, underrated to a certain point for his his performance with the wolves but that being said last year not being healthy this year clearly not what he used to be it was it was time to move on it was clear they were going to move on at some point uh, i guess uh it was better sooner uh rather than later uh, uh for to move on from teague there you go and uh, all right so let's move into what so we... long jeff teague thanks for the playoff memories yeah thanks yeah. for getting us there yeah but uh, you know, let's let's turn our attention to the newest wolf. Yes, Alan Crab, AC, aka Cool Breeze. Neil from from I have no idea. Do you know from uh, college? You know where he played, uh, Crab? I do not. No, it's okay. Cal University. Cal, Cal okay. at Berkeley, the Golden Go Bears. Bears. The Bears. Now that would not have been my guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we usually we got yell no. Now you know. Now if someone asks you, you know he's an Aries. Okay. Just like uh, there's only one other Aries on our roster. That's Jordan McLaughlin, who shares a birthday with him. Exact same birthday, April 9th. Wow. Not the same year. Wow. You know, uh, yeah, he was uh, Mr. Basketball for the state of California when he was in high school. Uh, he has led his team to a division state title while he was there. Drafted by the Cavs in 2013, 31st overall pick. And uh, what else do we have about him? His career high, 41 points in a game against the Bulls in 2018. Wow. So he went uh, 9 for 11 from 3, which is kind of what we're hoping we'll see from him here. Yeah. Uh, he's a good three-point shooter. He's a Wayne. He's 6'5", so he's kind of like Andrew Wiggins, kind of size both weight and height-wise. kind of A little, a little shorter, smaller. yeah. Um, but... He got that huge, massive deal during the, the overpay summer. The summer uh, we gave Gorgie that. Yeah, summer, summer 16. 16. He yeah. got three years, $75 million or something like that. Yeah. And, and it was just... From the Blazers, right? Well, the Nets, oh. it was, he was a restricted free agent, and the Nets were just trying to get people on their roster. So they offered huge deals trying to get teams to not match them. Yeah. And they did that for Crab, and Portland matched. 
but uh-huh. he ended up on the Nets eventually. Yeah, anyway, that's so it's funny was. how that works. Yeah, that's what it was, yeah. But uh, the contract has kind of been an albatross. It was kind of the idea that he's the prototype that you want the three and D wing, which was what every everyone still in the league is dying to get a three and D wing. That's why Rocco is drawing such trade interest. Uh, um, I think Crab was in the deal so they could free up space for Durant. Is that what it was? Was Crab the deal to Atlanta where they're like, oh, this means someone's coming? Yeah, because yeah. they did the deal like really early, and it was like, oh wait, what does this mean? And yeah, it meant they had Kyrie and, and Durant coming through that door so yeah they traded him back to or traded into atlanta to free up that space um but yeah what else about crab you think uh, you know i mean i think i think he's like a league average defender which yeah. is going to be a huge massive upgrade over jeff teague who is <laughs> one of the 10 worst players and defense in the nba sure so i think that there's an upgrade there he's not maybe the lockdown defender you'd like in a three and d wayne like Rocco, but he he's average on defense and he is a good three point shooter he's career 39 percent from three uh he, he was probably our second best shooter, if we're being honest, on just a talent level. I mean, he's been injured to start the season. And he's overcoming some feet problems. So he hasn't been exactly healthy. Um, but he, it, when he's healthy, he's got to be our second best shooter after Cat. So just someone who will fit the system a lot better. Someone who can d- follow a defensive plan and knock down some three-pointers. Yeah, and something I saw a lot on Twitter today was that, you know, the idea that this is is probably just the first of another move or another couple moves from the Wolves and that this, you know, was more kind of about the roster spot that it opens up, you know, the two for one situation. We trade two players uh, for your one. You know, we have now a roster spot. A lot of people think Keelan Martin might be signed or just this might be Baby Shaq. Baby Shaq. Or this might be like moving just space so that you can take someone back in another deal maybe. Um, so I think that's – it's kind of interesting in that way. Sure, it's like Crab is a you know good – you know fits the skill set of what the team needs right now. But it's also a situation where it frees up another spot for another guy to come through that door. Or maybe Travis – maybe Crab will never play with the Wolves and he's moving on <laughs> to the next team or something like that. I don't, I don't really know. We It's really day one at this point and I guess the team plays – tomorrow as we record this um so maybe he'll get out there right away but it's it's kind of it's it brings up other questions too right this deal is not like it, it doesn't feel like the all right now we, now we got the team for the year right yeah and i think you know the other thing that this opens up is some flexibility we're now 9.5 million below the tax which creates some flexibility to take back money in a separate trade if we want to um, it opens up a couple of player exceptions that I'll let smarter people break down in the next week when people uh-huh. are analyzing stuff, but yeah. it's going to create some flexibility on the roster as well. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Jeff Teague's gone and, and Travion Graham, but really Teague. Yeah. Right? Teague was Teague, the one. Yeah. It's a big thing. And I, I think everyone was ready to see him go. Uh, what a fall though for him. You think about like, you know, where he was even to start this year to like, you know, kind of have those injuries and then go kind of to the bench and now be traded to the worst team in the league where you're not even going to start. Like, I don't know. That's It's got to be It's a tough year for Jeff Teague, I guess. Right? Th- things are tough when you get injured on the wrong side of 30. <sighs> yeah, he's getting older, I guess. That's that's kind of how it goes. But, yeah, this is something to monitor, something that I'm sure in the upcoming weeks we'll be talking more about this as the other, other shoes uh, fall, if they are to do that. Um, but, yeah, um, Jeff Teague. Fare- farewell to you, Jeff Teague. Farewell. All right, moving on. He's heating up. All right, uh, next up, uh, let's talk a little bit about the improvement of Jared Culver. Yeah. Something we've been uh, checking out recently. It's been some bad uh, weeks of basketball, but an encouraging sign, you know, to be sure. Yeah, he is. um, He's been improving offensively the most, I think. You know, he's kind of been pretty solid defensively for, you know, for the whole season. But 
Offensively, things have kind of turned around a little bit from him. It seems like, uh, especially at the rim, things are a little more consistent, and uh, you know he's getting he's getting to the rim more, and you know it seems like the shot is falling from there. But I don't know. What do we think about what has happened recently for for Jared Culver? What have we seen change since the beginning part of the season? What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, so I, I definitely think it look it, it appears as though he's getting more comfortable out mm-hmm. there. I think you know when he's the guy that's functioning kind of as the de facto point guard or the you know the main ball handler is when he seems like he's most comfortable um and that that's mostly what he did while he was in in texas tech um but yeah the kind of the when they originally drafted him um i think the thought was always kind of well he's gonna provide good defense mm. and if we can he's gonna be a project on offense but if he can live up to his you know athleticism and his potential then he'll be a pretty solid player um i think we've kind of seen glimpses of this over the last you know uh couple games we obviously want to see it more moving forward yeah, than what we did yeah. yeah exactly um i'm a one of those people who's never been super concerned about jared culver um he is very young yeah. uh, at, at this point still. I think he's he's 20. He was one of the younger players in the draft class, if I, if I recall. Um, but he, he's just very offensively raw. And there's a lot of times you mm. you can tell he's, he's doing things that he would have got away with in college, didn't get away with him in the NBA, and now he's kind of adjusting to that. Um, like you said, getting to the rim more. Still has to f- work on finishing. It's like he gets to the rim, and then it's almost like... So close. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if he like panics or what. It's like he kind of, like, there's like just like a lapse of, like, okay, what now what happened? Like, oh, man, I'm there. Like, you know? Uh, so I think as as he gets more experience, those things will kind of iron themselves out. But the the main thing that, that, that's been the most concerning, is, I think, is terms of his... his uh, you know, hopes or uh, his his potential as being a shooter uh, is just the way he's performed at the free throw line. Um, that has been a little concerning that that has not improved as the season's gone on. Yeah, everyone says still. he puts up the most shots in practice, so you got to think. Hopefully, free throw shots and <laughs> yeah, all yeah. kinds of shots, free yeah. throw shots, three point shots, and uh, you know they say you can't fix your shot in the middle of an NBA season, so maybe it'll have to wait till the off season. So Culver to the line where it's been an adventure this season. Sure has kindly put. I uh, got some stats here, Neil. Facts hashtag facts. Jarrett Culver in his first thirty games. Seven points per game, three rebounds, about two assists on 36, 24, 41 shooting splits. He's past eight games. He's 17 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, 1.63 steals. So his defense, we're seeing the steals. Yeah. And it's on 46, 32, 53 splits. All right. So 32 from three. I can handle that. 32, 46 from two. Even that's a little bit more respectable. The 53 from the free throw, not great, but still better. Yeah. Still better. He's not getting to the line as much as he did early in the season, which is kind of what we talked about earlier season. Is he going to start being afraid of contact if he's this bad? If it's free throw shooting, it's not as continue. bad. It's like embarrassing. So yeah, the like, way like next level. the way he you know we're praising him for his ability to finish around the rim the past few games, but it also is him like trying to avoid contact around the rim too. That's yeah, kind of maybe. interesting. Yeah, he's got to learn to finish through contact a little better, you know. And yeah, we don't really see the and one. You know what I mean? That doesn't yeah. happen with him. It's like. He always, if he gets fouled, he always misses it. So you kind of want to see that improve. I mean, but again, we're talking about a 20 year old guy. We're talking about a guy who's in his first 40 games of NBA action. And I think even though the first, you know, 15 to 20 were kind of rough, it's good to see him come around a little bit here. And what you always have to remember, too, is it's, I think, the the hardest transition is to be a guard, you know, coming, like you were talking about, from college to the league, just how much you need to learn. 
you know, a little bit easier, maybe off ball guard like he is playing. Um, but but still, it's just a really tough transition as far as all the things you have to be able to do offensively and defensively. Um, and so the fact that he is, you know, been solid on one end of the floor and seems to be improving incrementally on the other end, you know, I can take that, you know, and it's good. It's good. Yeah. And I think, you know, if he can average, you know, even 10 points a game, five rebounds per game for the rest of the season and continue maybe doing a steal per game. I think he'll, he'll make an all rookie team at the end of the season. You know, I, I think, which is great because it's gone from early in the season. We were worried, wow, we got the number six pick and this guy is not even one of the best 30 rookies in the league yeah. to a point now where you're seeing other rookies fall off and you're kind of like, you know what? I could see him being a top 15 rookie right now. And we'll see if he continues. You know, I think it's hard. It's, it's easy to get caught up in like, in what's happening right away, especially with rookies. It's like, Oh, this is the new hotness. And, be good right away, but I think it's you just have to remember about patience, and you have to remember that, like I just said, that these are the very first NBA games these guys are ever playing, and there's such a long way to go, and that we need to give these guys, you know, we need to be able to give them a longer runway to prove it or whatever, and we can't make too many decisions based on their first 20 games, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then you also look at like a player like uh, Tyler Hero from Miami, like yeah. you know, who a lot of people are saying, oh, the Wolves should have drafted him. Well, part of the reason why Culver went so high and why he was so highly regarded is not because of necessarily what he would provide this year but what he would provide for future years whereas things that maybe you know for the reason why hero dropped out of the top 10 uh was because you know what we're seeing now that might be you know the, his that might be his not necessarily his ceiling but it, i mean it might be close it's probably closer than what people project culver's ceiling to be um so you have to kind of uh Keep that in mind as well. Um, you know, obviously, it's not saying, oh, you know, just don't panic on Culver whatsoever. You know, there's there's some things that are that are concerning, but also it, it just goes to show, hey, this Wolves team isn't necessarily built to win right now. We, Culver's just got to get in there, iron out all the wrinkles, uh, and just kind of you know gain experience and see where yeah, it goes. He, from there. he was taken for his ceiling and for what you know the large step that it would take. But still, if he gets there, it's a great pick. You know, so it is a little bit more of kind of a Zach Levine ish kind of like you know home run swing kind of like type of thing where it's like you know right this guy's going to be a little rough around the edges and raw like you said raw earlier and you might have to deal with that for a while. But if it pans out, then you potentially have you know an all star type of player or or you know whatever it might be you have this higher ceiling than you do like you're saying hero pretty much you know pretty kind of fully formed and like you're saying this might be it for him you know it's kind of yeah he's good solid role player but he doesn't have necessarily that ceiling to be a starter to be an all-star or something like that and it's good to celebrate his successes while we can because Wolves fans know how long it takes for a shooter a non-shooter to be developed into a shooter so I think you know the flash in the pan stuff how he's finishing around the rim that's like the fun part of it but it might be several years before he becomes the shooter that we kind of hope he can be but I uh, one of the reasons why I don't want to trade Robert Covington is just his influence is so obvious on Culver Culver's game on the defensive end is really just showing so much maturity over the past 20 games and the way that he's uh, you know kind of filling the passing lanes and picking off steals and kind of getting those 50-50 balls it really it looks like he's watching Culver and taking those lessons to heart I mean not Culver Covington and taking those lessons to heart so that's been the most encouraging thing it's a good uh, yeah good example to follow oh how about Culver just feeling it fellas 
All right, let's um let's keep it going here. He's on fire. All right, Andrew Wiggins. Uh, you know we have. Let's talk about him for a little bit. We had Jared Culver. He's been improving. He's on the way up. Uh, Andrew Wiggins kind of seems like things are back to normal for him. Um, you know, so you know what have we seen recently with him? Obviously, the start to the season, the first ten games. You know, on fire, doing the right things, making passes, rebounding the ball, more vision. Um, had the ball in his hands a little bit more. Um, you know, these days that efficiency is down. And, you know, some people are saying that it is because he's off ball a little bit more and has been, you know, forced to play with Shabazz uh, um, Napier or with uh, Jeff Teague, no longer with us, Jeff Teague. Shabazz has definitely taken over a lot of the ball handling yeah. during the Wiggins and minutes. I have mixed feelings about and it that. It used to I be Wiggins like holding the ball for all of that. Yeah, they used to be Wiggins time. So it's like Wiggins has gone down a little bit. I feel like the team runs a little bit, has been running a little bit better with, with Shabazz out there. So. I don't really know what to think about this. It's, I don't you know. You want if, Wiggins to be as good as he could possibly be, but I noticed the offense running so much more smoothly when when Napier's out there. Yeah, I was wondering if it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing. Is Shabazz getting the minutes and the more usage because the team was playing well with him for a while there, or is it because Wiggins came back from an illness and like looks visibly thinner? Like, yeah. I, I and that's tough too because if you lose weight during the NBA season, that's another you can't gain it's not coming weight. back. You can't gain weight during an NBA season, especially if you're playing. <laughs> The minutes that Wiggins plays, and so it it's just hard, like yeah. it, it's like Dane. We got to wait for him to get to the summer so he can bulk up a little bit more, and that that's sad. And you see, you know, him taking his shots in the paint a little little farther back. You've seen some of those floaters come up short because he's just not, you know, being as physical as he was before the illness. And obviously, you know, he's still driving it a lot, but without Cat, it's just it's so obvious that the de- the scouting report is just key in on Wiggins when he comes in because none of these other guys are going to kill us. Like yeah. we, j- so I think that it's a double whammy of him one not having the ball in his hands and coming back from illness, but also you know teams are just like, oh, he's the only guy who can create a shot. Let's just not give him anything. I think that when Cat comes back, we'll see that Wiggins from the start of the season again. Yeah, Lucas, what do you think? Are you worried about Wiggins these days, or is it just uh, he's going to he's going to go back up to how where he was potentially here? Well, yeah, I mean, kind of what you said earlier that I mean, that is the enigma that is Andrew Wiggins, like yeah. like. The team maybe plays better when Shabazz is leading the charge, but when Wiggins is leading the charge, he's plays better. Yeah. Um, I think I, th- I do think the injury had or the the illness had Sickness, a lot to yeah. do with it. Um, I, th- I I don't remember if it was John Krasinski or somebody uh, I thought I saw said that he had the flu followed by strep throat. Like <laughs> what? I think if Crazy. I had that, I'd yeah. still be in bed. I can't you know? imagine. Yeah. So well, you get one of those things once per year, like and then it's still pretty bad. But imagining them back to back. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, kind of like what you guys were saying, you know, if you lose weight uh, in the NBA, it's Ooh. it can be a killer. Um, and just getting the energy levels back from from those. A part of me wonders if if uh, Saunders thinking wasn't all right. Wiggins missed extended time with an illness. Let's just get him back into the offense nice and slowly instead of just throing him yeah. to the Sharks. Yeah. Uh, try and put him in a, in a place to succeed, uh, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily been working. So maybe once Cat comes back, once he gets over his illness, um, maybe we'll see uh, you know Wiggins handle more of the duty until we see that, that subsequent trade that might be coming where another ball handler is picked up. This isn't worried or not worried, another segment we do. I, I'm going to not be too worried about this until Towns comes back. Right? Yeah. I feel like that is, again, is this, is this information even relevant if Towns is not there. I feel like if Wiggins is going to be back to old Wiggins or whatever, that he's going to have to do that with Towns on the floor for me to truly believe it. But yeah, here's the thing. A couple other things he's not old Wiggins. He's still kept a lot of the improvements he made.
great. Yeah. It's not like he's going back to shooting a bunch of turnaround lawn twos on the baseline. The shot selection the, still the, is the good. The shot selection is still good. I, he's still putting in an effort at defense at a level that we haven't seen the past few years. Like I'm still like pretty happy with his defense. So I think that you know while the shooting has fallen off, definitely I don't think he's reverted to it. That's bad how that goes. That comes and goes. You, right. Shots go in. Shots don't. You know. That's. But I would say he's he hasn't regressed if he's not going back to his old bad. Yeah, habits. He's unlucky. Yeah. yeah. And also thanks to the Timberwolves fan base, because I know if we had some more reactionary fans, maybe if we were like in terms of like Yankees fans or something, people would be blaming his daughter and being like, oh, oh she's getting him sick. He, what's he doing? <laughs> you know, the kind of baseball fans who get upset when a pitcher goes, misses a game for like paternity leave. And they're like, oh, why does he need paternity leave? You know, yeah. like I'm, I'm sure if we had a more toxic fan base, they'd be like, Wiggins never got sick before he had a daughter. <laughs> right. No one's coming for the kids in this situation. Right. Here. Yeah. Not yet, at least. That's good. All right. Let's keep the show moving. Moving. Time to get to our sponsor. Here we go, you guys. It's a very special time. We pay those bills and get to our sponsor. Uh, today's sponsor is Rest Kitchen by David Fema. For years, Minneapolis chef David Fema has been bringing tasty eats to Target Center. Earlier this season, the team unveiled Test Kitchen by David Fema, where a unique dish is created for each of the Timberwolves' 41 home games. The popularity of this has been off the charts, and now Target Center is taking the concept to a new level. New for the second half of the season, Rest Kitchen by David Fema. Most of us love the fine foods and delicate dishes presented by Chef David Fema in his test kitchen. Shrimp paella and slow roasted pork shoulder do sound good. But for everyone else, we now have something for you. The Rest Kitchen. The idea behind Chef Fema's Rest Kitchen is simple. Bring the most basic and non-threatening food items created by Chef Fima when he's being lazy in his own home to the Target Center. Even the pickiest eaters will find something yummy to eat. Pan-seared scallops don't sound appetizing? Hit up the rest kitchen for a plain strawberry Pop-Tart. Squash gnocchi too adventurous for you? The rest kitchen is just around the corner and they're serving up instant ramen and you get to use the microwave. These are just a few of the lazy, uninspired choices you'll find at Rest Kitchen by David Fema, where we're proud to remind you, you're at a sports game. Eat something dumb. Thank you to Rest Kitchen by David Fema for their support of Wolf's Cast. All right, next up, let's get into Mailbag. It's a 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 mailbag. Letters on letters like the alphabet, yo This segment's called Mailbag So if you got a question about the wolves, let us know There's a good chance that we'll read it on the show Yeah, send us your letters Send us your messages Send us your carrier pigeons We want to hear from you Yeah. Alright, it is Mailbag We got a big pile of letters here They're stacked up nicely They're, uh, they're handwritten Cursive, perfect cursive on all these All these Mailbag letters and, uh, some really inventive stamps. Yes, we got some good stamps, some good fun stuff here for the holiday season. But uh, you know, we before we get to the the questions uh, from from you, the listener, from the fans, we have a couple questions of our own for our very special guest Lucas uh, here today. Because as we heard before, his area of expertise is like player health and and the, and the body and and uh, injuries and stuff like that. So I was just I, I want Scott and I want to get some questions first, sure, before we open it up to the rest of you, Lucas. I want to know kind of I feel like uh, you know follow like you're talking about like following player health and 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 stuff. Four teams has become a larger uh, focus, 
right? There's more. Mm-hmm. It seems like there's more staff around these things. There's load, more load management. More, um, and the attitudes about it have changed, right? Obviously, you'll get the you know some of the lame fans, you know, throwing you know suck it up and play and all this stuff and tough it out and oh in my in my day these guys would play through all this stuff. But obviously, we know that uh, science and, and 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 the data of it all, you know, there's a smarter way to do these things. And so there's kind of been some new um, trends and stuff like that that have been coming into the to the forefront. But what is sort of next? Like, what do you see like beyond where we are now? Whether it comes from teams doing things or as it as pertains to fans and how kind of we see things, what do you see as the future of sort of player health in the NBA? Yeah, well. Uh First of all, before I answer the question, I want to give a shout out to to David Fema for taking the load management. You know, Cook's got to load manage too. You know, yes, absolutely, you know? and that's why they're our sponsor today. Is they, they they knew you were coming in. They're like, wait, we got the perfect thing. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it perfect, works out great. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question, I think I think the area that we're probably going to see more, uh, you know, research and more teams kind of taking things seriously uh, is sleep. Oh. Um, I know. I, th- I think it was Baxter Holmes for ESPN wrote a big thing on sleep earlier this uh, this season, mm-hmm. basically saying. Uh, where he interviewed a bunch of players and they were kind of saying like yeah like this really matters for my for not only for my health and for my recovery but for my attitude that kind of stuff uh the thing that makes sleep tough uh in, in professional sports is i mean nba players particularly uh baseball players as well they're constantly flying uh mm-hmm. you know from uh from city to city and there's been, been some research out there uh that shows that teams that fly i believe it's from east to west at least one time zone uh, suffer more injuries uh, and their performance is worse because essentially they get less sleep. Uh, it, uh, that 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 change in time zone um, affects with their circadian rhythm. So when they're supposed to be taking, you know, uh, you know their afternoon nap or whatever, they're 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 getting ready to play a yeah. basketball game. Yeah. Or uh, you know the opposite is true, where it's like, oh, they're usually home sleeping, but now nope, tip off is you know uh, is ten o'clock east, but seven o'clock west. You know. Uh, those kind of those kind of things so um part of that is just baked into the schedule there's only so much you can do but i wonder if the nba itself isn't going to start not only um you know looking at limiting back-to-backs but also limiting cross-country travel or you know kind of like we see this already teams go you know if they're going to go out west and they they're normally an east coast team they'll play all five games on the west before coming back stay there yeah yeah we're setting up on the west coast yeah and i think five games maybe is too long um but maybe they'll do three game spurts or two game spurts or something like that yeah and you know obviously with that is you know they've tried to you know break down the amount of back-to-backs and you know, I think hopefully they'll be able to. You know, this is the this is the argument for you know taking out some games in the season, right? Don't have eighty two games. Have the same amount of time in the calendar, but play less games. You know, because right. you have these times then where at least maybe you can get a team in to the city and have a day to chill and get reacclimated to that time zone or whatever it might be. So. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that it seems like the league is going this way as far as the schedule goes. But then the next level beyond that is having the teams like and their schedules be able to change things. I think it's also kind of like a cultural thing happening in our society right now. I know Ariana Huffington has made it to her cause the last several years to promote sleep. And and obviously it bugs me because I hear all these benefits and I I suck at sleeping. I go to bed at like four and get up at like eight. I'm really, really bad at sleeping. And people are like, you know, you could get better sleep if you don't look at screens before bed. I'm like, well, who wants to do that? So anyways, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to that stuff. But uh, Nelson Cruz, maybe you heard of him, the MVP of the Twins last season. Uh Before he signed with the Twins, it was a stipulation that they had to put a nap 
tap room into the clubhouse. He so, wanted that. Yeah, because he's been on some teams where he had to like sleep in the game room. Or, and there's stories about him like unplugging the video games from the clubhouse before he takes his naps because he never had a dedicated nap room. But he's amazing at age 39, something most wow. baseball players aren't. And he attributes a lot of that for the past several years is he's learned the importance of sleep. And he's really pressing that on to other twins and stuff. And, I mean, we always joke about how bad the, the Timberwolves are in afternoon games. And I always say it's because they don't get their nap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and also we've heard, thing. you know, rumblings of, you know, Wiggins and Towns as being late night guys who play these video games. You know, they get in there and play Call of Duty all night long. And I feel like that is a sort of cultural thing of gaming, too. Like the late night gamer, right? Well, I think it's something that, you know, whether they're gaming or they're going to clubs, it's something that the public doesn't understand, which is like these guys are peaking at like 7 p.m. to PM, 10 yeah. p.m. Like yeah. that's when they are they're most awake, yeah. most alert they're putting a, a crazy adrenaline just from just go to bed the running around and then you're expecting them to go to bed by midnight or something <laughs> but no they they need to like i get home from work i don't go to bed for like eight hours yeah. i have problems with sleep i've talked about this yeah. but uh you know i think it's it's silly to assume that like oh wiggins shouldn't be up at 2 a.m playing Fortnite. it's like yeah he just got done with work a couple hours ago chill you know yeah yeah, yeah. As, if he goes to bed at two that's fine as long as he gets you know wakes up at, wakes up at 10, 10. And, yeah. and gets his eight hours yeah. um yeah there's there's not a whole lot of things in the research in the in the medical uh you know rehabilitation world that we can say definitely affects player health but sleep is one of them um and yeah i think it's just that's kind of the the new frontier nice we would have the best podcast in, in in maybe all of sports if I got a proper eight hours a night. And you'll just think about how good this podcast would be. All right, let's get I'd be bringing that A plus analysis. We can improve. All right. Well, I have I have two questions, uh, and you can go either way with this first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, shouts to Jake Lehman who had a sprained toe and is still out. Ooh. I joked with Neil at the Thunder game if Jake Lehman had broken his toe, he'd be back by now. Right. Um, so my first question is, what is a injury? That is worse than it sounds. And you could go the other way. You could do an injury that's not as bad as it sounds. But I think of sometimes like, you know, people hear like I hear a, a sprain. I hear and they, rupture they don't, and it sounds terrible. Like people don't realize rupture. sprains or tears, you know, and stuff like yeah, that. So yeah, like yeah. either way, what's yeah, an what's injury like that's miss, better or yeah. worse than it sounds? Um, well, in the in the rehab field, we like to give scary names to pretty much everything. So nice. everything sounds sounds terrible <laughs> and scary. Um, uh, one that comes to mind uh, immediately is... Uh, Kyrie Irving missed a ton of time uh, with what was called subacromial impingement syndrome, which is basically one of the rotator cuff uh, tendons in the shoulder getting pinched a little bit by some of the surrounding structures. So for him, he missed a ton of time. um, But for other athletes, they'll maybe miss a week or two. It's one of those injuries that is is very variable. um, And everybody kind of heals in a unique way and has to be treated in a unique way. that being said, whenever we hear like a like an impingement, one of the one of the first questions that people always ask, at least from from my point of view, is, oh, what what kind of surgery do I do to fix this? There really isn't a surgery to fix it. It's one of those things where you just kind of have to find what works and just grind through it. And I think that's part of the reason why Irving missed so much time. It was like, all right, they tried one thing that didn't work. They tried another thing that didn't work. They tried a third thing that didn't work. Finally, they gave him an injection, which doesn't necessarily help with the healing process it just helps with pain tolerance boom he's out there playing and doing really well now the 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 uh half glass half empty kind of person might say oh well, he was he was load managing or he, they were yeah. trying to tank or something like that but um I, it's it's one of those injuries i treat it very frequently uh and it is very tricky for some people to huh. to get back so everybody's um, different in that in that one yeah yeah everybody's different and has a lot of syllables in it right exactly like one, words yeah. that have a lot of syllables it sounds scary yep, what's yep. it called again a subacromial impingement syndrome <laughs> 
There's also sounds scary. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds scary. One of one of my favorite terms is a uh, double crush syndrome, <laughs> which is uh, when you have uh, basically a nerve that's irritated in the neck and then also irritated in the arm. Oh, not super serious, but double sounds crush. painful. Yeah, sounds super crush. painful. Yeah, you yeah. crushed your nerves. Yeah, it sounds like a metal band Ouch. or something like that. <laughs> double crush or like a orange drink. Yeah, another yeah, soda. Yeah. An orange soda. <laughs> some kind. Double crush. Just yeah. like the AC. What's his name? Cool, cool breeze. Cool breeze. Yeah. Alan Crabb. Cool breeze and double crush. All right, and this is another question. You said you kind of jumped on the wolves uh, bandwagon with rubio which is really when i got back into the timberwolves you know i took kind of took a break during my college years the post kg years i was lost in the woods just like the timberwolves came back because of the guiding light of our boy and savior ricky rubio um so maybe uh so with that in mind the question is what do you think is the and this is you don't have to be a factual it could just be opinion what do you think is the most consequential injury in timberwolves history yeah that's uh that's a good question. I, uh, it's knuckle pushups is not on this list. So some yeah. ones I brought up there's Sam Cassell. Uh, he got hit hamstring, hamstring issue. Yeah. Hamstring. Thank you. A hamstring injury while doing the big balls dance oh, and yeah. uh-huh. was limited Allegedly. in the Western conference finals. Most people think if he was healthy, we'd beat the Lakers and then beat the Pistons. And we would be talking about a championship Timberwolves team. Our jerseys would have the little gold patch in the nape of the neck. <laughs> that one's hard to beat. Like that, yeah. that has in to terms be... of consequence. I, I agree with that, but there's some things like, uh, if the big Al era was kind of ruined by his ACL being torn, mm-hmm. uh, I had this crazy stat, that like when Ricky went down, the team was like when Ricky tore his ACL, the team was above 500, and then they went like 10 and 20 over their last 30 games and missed. Yeah. Like we yeah. would have made the playoffs with Kevin Love and Michael Beasley, and if we did that, is Kurt Rambis still our coach? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's tough to tough to beat the Cassell injury. Um, that being said, Zach, I think there's a there's a legitimate argument to be made that Levine injuring his ACL is what made him the player that was involved in the Jimmy Butler trade, which has kind of set us down the road that we currently are at. Yeah. I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if if Levine didn't injure himself, if maybe Wiggins would have been that guy, and yeah. who knows where we're at right now. I saw the the knuckle push-ups year, which also had the notable injury to Brandon Roy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> played like Basically five games played, with yeah. us and then never played. Uh, and now we play basketball with an autographed Brandon Roy basketball. Yeah, we do. Uh, was the Kevin Love broken hand Saints is that team went 31 and 51 with with Kevin Love only playing 18 games. You feel wow. like if Love played that whole season, we probably would have made the playoffs with him in AK 47. And what a different you know history that'd be if Love made the playoffs one of his years. What here. if? All right, we got some other questions here from all y'all out here on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Thank you so much for submitting these. We'll run through these kind of quick. We're kind of running low on time, um, but I like doing rapid fire mailbag. Yeah. All right. First one here from Mister Underscore Stamps. Right. Uh, any guesses on what uh, the team would give up to get D'Angelo Russell? Are there any other point guard targets the Wolves may go after instead? Uh, what do you guys think? D'Angelo Russell? What? Everybody just take a deep breath because I've <laughs> noticed stuff like I read an athletic article about Covington and the interest he's drawing uh-huh. around the league. Uh-huh. And the first comment was, do you think the Warriors can get him for a second round pick? <laughs> and like Warriors fans are always like, can we trade them garbage and get their best trade asset? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And that's just what happens with trades. Timberwolves fans do it too. Can we get, you know, LeBron James for uh, Roka yeah. or something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry to throw a little water on this, but in the article, in the athletic, in the Shams, uh, Krasinski, 
Krasinski article from from today about you know trade stuff, D'Angelo stuff. It says they are trying harder, but there is zero traction or no traction. That's yeah. the quote. Mm-hmm. And then for for Covington, it says the the things are heating up. Other people are you know getting in on it a little bit more, but the Wolves are are have a high bar or whatever. Yeah, for, they, they know for, they don't so need they to sell him. Right he's going to be valuable next year, and he's super valuable to this team with his veteran yeah. presence and what he brings so on I defense. I like where that is because it's yeah. like if we do mm-hmm. give him up, it's probably going to be for King's ransom. Hopefully, right. I don't think we should just trade him to trade him. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, no. to answer the question, what do we have to give up to get D'Lo? I think it would be at minimum Rocco and a first round pick. Yeah, yeah, Covington, uh, Jang, and then a pick or something like that. Um, I don't think any they don't necessarily want any of our young guys like a Kogi or you know KBD yeah, or, or maybe, something like that. I actually we can't combine his contract. I was about to say like Covington and Crab. So because like we can't use cap space, Golden State could use cap space. You yeah. Know? What do you think? What are they going to give? Away? Yeah, it, it would have to. What? be Robert Covington and then whatever it would take to make salaries match. Other point guard targets. It's hard to say, you know, lots of smoke around Dennis Smith Jr. out of New York, a young guy, you know, as far as like all-star guys like D, I mean, there's D'Angelo Russell and there's Drew, Drew Holiday. Those are like your two top guys. Neil's been saying that Dennis Schroeder is going to be a Timberwolf. Yeah, I can see Schroeder. Um, I could see um, uh, uh, from the Bulls um, who they just signed. Uh, Sadoransky. Sadoransky. Um, so or, Chris Dunn, or bring Smith, him back. Bring back Chris yeah. Dunn. Um, yeah, so there's a couple like lower level guys that it could be, but obviously with Teague going out and no point guard coming back on this trade, it kind of seems like there's going to be another guard coming through that door eventually. Um, but yeah, uh, J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith, get suited uh, up. Moving on, Happy Joe Lucky asks, uh, "What do you think of this theory? They're looking at Crab as a cheaper Wiggins replacement going forward, since they'll have his bird rights. Assuming they try hard to move Wiggins for a legit ball handler slash point guard. So basically, they're saying, does the Crab deal here, um, you know, kind of give them a little bit more room to to move on from Wiggins. I'm all in on a Wiggins trade. If it, if hey, if it brings back, uh, if you don't have to give up a pick, if you don't have to attach um, super value to get rid of Wiggins, can you can you trade him for an equal thing that maybe you know uh, uh, you know expires a year earlier? Can you get two pieces back for him, something like that? I mean, Would you trade Andrew Wiggins for Terry Rozier? Oh, that is an interesting one right there. That is a very interesting one. He's on a three year contract Ooh. that pays pretty good money. But, you know, I think I think that's something that the Hornets would consider because yeah. they're kind of locked into their team. And, you know, uh, I would be into something like that where it's like, OK, you mix it up. You get sort of a player who's, you know, yeah, a starter or, a, yeah, you know, sort of in that range, but maybe not as sexy as Wiggins is, even though Wiggins is at six years and we haven't reached sexy level with him yet. Uh, but I don't know. What, what do you think about what do you think about a potential Wiggins trade? Uh, if they can get, get Reggie done. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have to explore everything that isn't, you know, moving Carl Anthony Towns. He's the only yeah. person that's that's locked in on the on the roster. Everyone else, I, I'm sure, is involved in trade discussions. Um, I think the only reason they got crab was it was because there was a guy who could theoretically shoot. It was on an expiring contract and the salaries matched. Um, I don't necessarily think he is in the long term plans. I don't think he necessarily isn't the long term plans. Yeah. I think it was just a flyer and they're going to see where it goes. Uh, and they got guys vouching for him. He's played for David Vanderpool in Portland. He's yeah. played for Pablo Prigioni in Brooklyn. He's played with Noah Vonley, Jake Lehman, and uh, the other guy who played they in Portland, Shabazz Napier. Yeah. Shabazz, Shabazz. Anyways, uh, yeah, so they've all played with him before. So I think that it was just kind of like, we can vouch for this guy. So let's bring him in for the rest of the season. But I, I don't think like, I, I don't even know if we have his bird rights. I'm pretty sure he's an unrestricted free agent because right. he's done with his deal. But uh, yeah, I don't think he's here for the long term. Next question from Lagomite uh, writes, never really uh, never really thought about this before. This is for Lucas. But are athletes expected to have zero pain while playing? What do you think about that? Expected? No. I think uh, the they're expected to probably have a little 
pain, especially as the as the game go or as the season goes on. Um, I think there there's a difference between something that hurts, so having pain, and there's something that's an injury. Like you can have pain and not have a anatomical structure that's injured. Uh, likewise, you can have a anatomical structure that is injured, uh, but not have any pain. There's there's been uh, numerous studies out there that have taken MRIs of people's healthy back, you know, healthy joint. They don't have any pain whatsoever, but they find meniscus tears. They find disc herniations. Um, so is that really an injury if they don't have any pain? And likewise, they've done people who have painful knees. They take x-rays, MRIs, and they find nothing. So uh, should that player be playing because they have pain even though they don't have an injury? Uh, it's the, That's kind of the gray area when it comes to rehab. But I would say most uh, – uh, athletes are not expected to play pain-free. One of the requirements to get back to playing isn't necessarily to be completely pain-free. Uh, it's that your pain doesn't necessarily increase while you're while you're doing the rehab activities or when you get back on the on the on the court. There you go. I just thought of a question I want you to answer. Uh-huh. Uh, how do you what do you feel about the Kevin Durant injury in the finals? Because my thing was allegedly they told him he couldn't make it any worse by playing, but obviously he tore his Achilles. So is it one of those things where like, maybe there's no injury, but if you're playing with pain, you're going to change your body, your biometrics enough that you could put yourself in a position to injury. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of another gray area. So, um, we're, we're pretty confident that tendons, Achilles tendons, you know, quadriceps tendons, whatever they don't, tear if they're quote-unquote healthy Uh, a lot of these people that have these uh, tendon injuries these full-scale ruptures had what's called tendinopathy beforehand so uh, that's just a a fancy word for saying uh, there's the the tendon isn't 100% right Um, it's uh, back in the day we used to call it tendinitis tendinopathy is the more correct term these days Um, so the thing that makes it interesting is that uh, KD had pain in the Achilles before it eventually ruptured. Uh, There's tons of people out there that, you know, they don't have any pain in their tendinopathy before their Achilles ruptures. Uh, And likewise, there's people that play with the sore Achilles all the time and nothing happens. Um, So... I have no doubt that he was fully, um, you know, vetted before they put him back on the court. Uh, anytime you step on the court, uh, there's always some inherent risk. I don't necessarily think we can draw the one-to-one conclusion that uh, he had Achilles pain and then his Achilles ruptured. I don't think uh, we can make that firm connection, um, so to speak. Nice. Uh, keep moving here. This sounds crazy, but or sorry, Dub Minus writes, this sounds crazy, but wouldn't Jang look good on a healthy Golden State Warriors contract too big? Um, Corgi's a good looking man. He'll look good. He looks good anyway. in any jersey in any arena. I think his contract is too big. They're paying four guys like crazy money. Steph Curry, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green are all signed to big deals. So you cannot have a guy who's a role player on that kind of deal. When you have those big money contracts, you have to fill them out with cheap role players. Another one uh, for Lucas here from RK Brew. Robert, uh, co- Robert, co- co- co-host H. of the show. Robert. He writes, uh, "What are the most effective things everyday people can do before, while?" after exercising to minimize their risk of injury. Yeah, I just know about stretching. What what else can we do? Yeah, wonderful question. So uh, before you play in the game, uh, I would say good things to do are not static stretches, so not the hold for 30 seconds. Feel Oh, no, that's the stretches I do every week before I play. Yeah, yeah, do the the, what are called dynamic stretches. So that's the one where, you know, um, yeah, the, the toe 
kicks or you know what, whatever I they see. call those. So uh, like the swinging your leg yeah, or yeah, guys who are doing lunges on the court. Yeah, beforehand. the lunges, the pulling the knee up to your chest, those kind of things. Oh, like man. while yep. you walk, yep. you're kind yep. of like walking and stretching at the same yep. time. This, yep. this totally changes what I'm going to do at pickup on Sunday. Yeah, I'm yeah, going yeah, to gonna... look this up. We'll put it in our show notes. We we'll put links in the show notes. But what what'd you call it again? Uh, so sometimes they'll call them like cherry pickers, but I think that's more of like okay. a reaching down to the ground kind of one. But, but just the any kind of dynamic, dynamic stretching. Yep. So. Also, uh, when in doubt, strengthen your core, strengthen your hips. That'll solve a bunch of your, wow. bunch of your problems: back pain, hip pain, knee pain. Um, keep those keep those muscles strong, um, and, and you'll be better for it. Core and my hips. answer, Robert, is never jump while playing basketball. Never if jump. you never jump, you're never going to land on your ankle awkwardly <laughs> or land on someone's foot. Never jump. All right, next one from at Lex Drury uh, writes: Do you think Culver uh, minus Teague will see minutes increase? So now that Teague is gone, do we think Culver will play more? Neil, how do you think? Uh, I, I'm going to look up how many minutes he's playing. Uh, yeah, I think maybe a little bit more, but again, I think someone else is going to be coming through that door. I think there's going to. I don't think this is going to be the team. So he's you, averaging 24.3 minutes per game right now. I can't season. imagine too much more than that. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it'll be more in like usage, like the way he's used to be different. But I don't know if there's too many more minutes for him. And I also yeah. think you know yeah. he's going to hit that rookie wall. Yeah, you know, yeah. where. You know, the college season's only like 30 games or so. So after that, you know, you see rookies hit that wall. So I think that'll probably also keep his men started. All right, interesting one here from Tom Loftus uh, on Instagram writes, if you could only keep three players to restart the Timberwolves, who would they be? So Tom got three? courtside seats the other day. Tom's at courtside. So jealous. Nice oh, my so God. Crazy. Dream come true. Um, so Towns, of course. Who yep. else, though? Two of the other, who, are the, who are the other ones? Okoogie? I think it's got to be Roko. Yeah, uh, Roko. Okay. Partially Coming because to? what he brings, partially because of his contract yeah, and yeah, what he could yeah. bring if he was traded. Yeah, and then uh, probably another young guy then, right? Culver or Kogi? Probably go with Culver. Probably Culver's still a little higher, bit, a little bit higher, higher ceiling. ceiling. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think culturally you'd want Roko. You'd want some guys to set the new culture with yeah. you know, someone mm-hmm. like him. Nice. Cat's too much of a talent to pass up. And then, yeah, I just feel like the guy with maybe the most potential to fulfill is probably Culver. All right. And the last one here from Instagram from Molly Triple M MMM writes, uh, what's, Hey, congrats, Molly. Uh, what's your favorite? New baby. What's your favorite movie about basketball? We'll go around the, we'll go around the horn and do this. I guess my favorite is He Got Game featuring uh, Denzel Washington and Ray Allen uh, from the from the mid-90s. Pro- probably the best one. I got love for Space Jam. I got love for a couple others. But He Got Game is Spike Lee movie, good soundtrack, Public Enemy soundtrack. Like, What do you guys think? Basketball movies, what you got? Uh, Hoosiers, obviously a hit. Uh, Blue Chips. Where, where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah, Hoosiers is good. Yeah. Um, but I think I'll... I'll- do the standard kid who was born in the early 90s and say Space Jam. Yeah. Sure. Hard to beat. Hard to beat. Uh, the Number two basca- coming, Basketball movies don't hold up to baseball movies. Yeah. I'm all about the different baseball movies. Well, yeah, um, I would pick He Got Game, but give a shout out to when we went and saw Uncle Drew in the Uncle theater <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing because they tried to do a serious scene with Shaq in a graveyard while he's dressed up as Kung Fu Shaq yeah. and he's like trying yeah, to emote emoji. and be serious in a graveyard and I was laughing so hard throughout that entire scene. I felt like I was ruining it for other people in the theater. Nice. Uh, all right, that's mailbag rapid fire. We did it. We talked to we talked to everybody. We did it, you guys. All right, that's mailbag. Thank you for sending in your questions. Really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, and then you can find out when we're going to do the next mailbag, and then you can send in your questions. It'll be fun. All right, next up, let's get to weekly wolfies. Now presenting your weekly wolfies. All right, the segment where we give out awards uh, and uh, you know congratulate some people for uh, doing amazing things or whatever we want. Uh, so weekly wolfies, I'll get us started off. My weekly wolfie 
This week goes to David Vanterpool. He's uh, currently doing the halftime interviews for the month of January here for FSN. Um, and he has just been so good, so charming, so in, so uh, informative. You know what I mean? He's very good. He's, he's not, he's not, um, like you got, a lot of times you get guys who feel like they're kind of shy or they're not really used to being on camera or whatever. And, you know, Vanterpool just sees through all that and just gives it, gives it to you straight, gives you a little bit of information about what he's looking at, you know, for the second half and just does it, does it with style and grace. So I really appreciate, you know, they switch off the, you know, the duties for this every single month. And sometimes you get some guys who are kind of rough and uh, rough around the edges on uh, being interviewed by Marnie or Rebecca Brunson or Leah B or whoever it is. And uh, I think David Vanderpool has been doing a great job and um, he's been very pleasant and he's always looking good. He's got a little gray in his beard. He's got the spread collar. He's a very stylish guy and uh, he knows what he's talking about, obviously. So yeah, my weekly Wolfie goes to him. If you're watching the game on halftime, make sure you watch him uh, here for the rest of the month. Very stylish. Give some good questions. Uh, give some good answers. Uh, Scott, what you got? Weekly Wolfies. Hey, everybody. Shout out to Papa Ricky Rubio. I wish he was my dad. Uh, I'm so happy for Ricky. He's over the moon. He's calling it the best day of his life. Uh, he's a new father. He has a son now, and I will die to protect that baby. We'll make jokes about it eventually. Yeah, we'll talk about it more. He's, you know, it's, it's a brand new thing, so it's under wraps. Yeah. No photos out there. No yeah, name no out names, there yet. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just, uh, I'm so excited. Papa Ricky Rubio, man, circle of life. <laughs> Lucas. Yeah. So, uh, not wolf related, but, uh, keeping it right. on the, the player injury, uh, and health and performance, uh, kind of side of things. Uh, shout out to Markel Fultz, uh, posted a yeah. triple double last night against the Lakers, wow. uh, in a 119, I think it was 119, 118, uh, victory. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, to see him battle through, uh, kind of his, his scapular dyskinesis, that's another, wow, another fun one. So many syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Scapular <laughs> Dyskinesis and Dyskinesis. thoracic outlet syndrome. Oh. I mean, to, to to fight off uh, both of those, come back and and not only be a you know a, a legitimate contributor at the NBA, but kind of starting to show some of that potential he showed while he was in Washington. Um, uh, I think his story doesn't get talked enough uh, among the press, so I wanted to uh, shout him out for that. Yeah, you never ever see that where like the guy has. I mean, obviously the question all along was sort of like, is it physical? Is it more physical or is it more sort of a you know, yip situation or sort of a yeah mm-hmm. emotional kind of mental block? And so it's kind of always, it's obviously it was a combination of all those things. And but you've never really seen such a high draft pick or such a such a you know you played this well in college and now this happens to you and it's just it's really amazing right it's really yeah. unique yeah it's really a unique situation and i think there was no better place for him to go to than orlando a place where he mm. could kind of be obscure and just get back to playing the way that he was playing and now the dividends are paying off for that yeah love to see it all right uh let's uh let's get in the game let's wrap this thing up scott neil you might need to download some new background music for this because oh. it's the first time we're playing timberwolves the Price is Right. Okay, here da-da, we go. Yes, da-da, the Price is Right. Uh, shout out to our sister podcast, Kings of the North. They played this, uh-huh. uh, and that gave me the idea. So, Robert, you've heard them on this podcast. Go listen to Kings of the North. They played this just the other week. They're, right. in, they're in rare form right now with the playoffs going on. Also, I want to say, on their podcast last year, they talked about, uh, they noticed the trend that if you go two time zones to the West, you're going to lose Monday Night Football. It's just like always a rule. Mm-hmm. And so that when you were talking about sleep and moving from East Coast to West Coast, I was like, Kings of the North is on top of that. So, yeah. <laughs> shouts to Kings of the North, everybody. Right. I hate NFL, and I still love their podcast. So well, how this is going to work is I'm going to list an item that's on eBay that you can buy. 
and uh, you're going to tell me what you think the price will be, and whoever's nice. closest to the price will uh, be correct. <laughs> All right? Okay. So I have five of these. I had like 11, but I pared it down because we went on Thank a mailbag. Thank you. Uh, but here we go. And I also made sure I, I wanted to surprise Neil so he couldn't go on and buy any of these online. And we all yeah, know Neil's a feed for eBay. Yeah. He's a big Timberwolves eBay guy. So uh, let's get it started. Um, we're going to go with this one to start. This is a game-used, worn, summer league uniform autographed by Andrew Wiggins. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers summer league uniform. Wow. His jersey and his shorts, both signed by Andrew Wiggins. Okay, and how much uh, How much it is are we doing? Don't go over? Don't go over rules? Price is right rules? Um, or is it closest? We'll no just play what. closest to the pin. Closest to the pin. All right, I'll get us started. I'm going to say that it is... Uh, I'm gonna say that it is like fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred. Okay. Ooh, interesting. I was. This could be quite. This could be. Anything. I was. I was not thinking that high. So I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go twelve fifty. Uh, you see, this is why I started this one because it'll expand your your range. <laughs> Ten thousand dollars is the asking price. Oh, Ten grand. The other stuff is not gonna be that bad of an asking price. So this wow. is just for me to. Expand yeah. your idea about yeah. what's possible here. Right, so uh, this isn't what the finish. This isn't what it went for. This no, is that's what asking. it's for available. Cool. If you cool. want to buy it right now, yeah, you, you can. can. Get, get your wallets out, kids. Let's go for a different kind of jersey right here. The Adidas Swingman. I think that's the kind of like, you know, normally it's about $100, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, a Minnesota Timberwolves black J.J. Barea jersey. So a Swingman, like I said, market price was about $100, $110. Right, what's it new. going for now? What's the asking what's price What's the for asking that? price? No signature? Nope. No signature. Nope. Okay, I'm going to say uh, $45. I, I'm still baffled by the Andrew Wiggins one, so I've <laughs> totally lost all confidence in myself. Uh, so That's why I asked it first. <laughs> so Okay, so retail value is 100 110 yeah. I'm going to say... Yeah, JJ Barea is kind of a, a cult hero to some people, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say right at I'm gonna say 100. All right, uh, the actual answer is 14.99. So, <laughs> Neil, you're two and zero right now. Neil, oh, Neil's in the lead, two and zero. Yeah. Um, let's go to our next one. This is uh, the 2011 Minnesota Timberwolves Kevin Love numbers cologne. Oh, Remember, this was his all-star yeah, marketing press, push. There was a little items. box of cologne. Uh, that he sent out numbers hashtag and uh, this one is actually signed by Kevin Love. Ooh, mm. interesting. Um, that kind of that's a, that's a true wild card. Uh, I guess I will say uh, sixty dollars, six zero, sixty dollars. Okay, I'm gonna say fifty dollars. Uh, it's actually five hundred dollars <laughs> is the asking price for this. Five hundred dollars, oh which is wild it's crazy. because no one's getting. If that. you went to no, the Timberwolves no. garage sales that they were yeah. having, you could get it for like ten bucks. And yeah. so this person's like super rare, five hundred dollars. I guess it's signed, but I don't think his signatures are that much. All right. Yeah. All right, two more. Neil's up three <laughs> zero. Uh, so here we go. Vintage Minnesota Timberwolves NBA Nightlight. New in package, untested. It is, is a uh, it is a you know hoop with a rim, and the hoop has the old Shep logo. Okay, on it. okay, um, yeah. I'm gonna say, let's see, it is vintagey, so they probably will get put it up a little bit more. I'm gonna say uh, twenty dollars. Oh boy, uh, twenty five. 
Uh, Neil is 1999. Hey. Oh, you wow. just nailed it. Nailed okay, it there. Was, that was close. Is it unfair that I'm going first every time? I feel like maybe it is. Maybe know. it is. We'll see. You'll go first this time. I don't think so. All okay. right, here we go. Our final one. A rare Minnesota Timberwolves inaugural season coffee mug. It's like a white enamel type mug. It's got some gold trim on it, and it's got you know the inaugural season logo, the number on the side of what number it was at the batch, and then the schedule from the inaugural season printed Whoa, on the back. Whoa, crazy. Ooh. Interesting. Nice. I, I, go first? Okay, so I think I'm going to go ahead and assume this is a, a decently good mug. Yeah. Uh, and decently good mugs these days go for maybe 15, 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say because it's inaugural season, 75. I'll try to go a little bit lower on this one just as a gamesmanship thing. I'm going to go like 10 bucks. Well, I'm going to give this one to Lucas. Nice. Because there's two different listings for this mug. One for $16. One for $999. (laughs) So it can go either way. It can go either way. So I'm going to let Lucas have this one. Uh, I'll I'll take the pity. Love it. Love it. Wow. There's so... It's a... a there's a wide wide world of stuff out there on eBay. And, and I'll, I'll tweet some the of these asking, other ones out. The yeah. Kevin Garnett CD case holder. Ooh, the Minnesota Timberwolves wind chimes. Oh, <laughs> the Special Olympics Timberwolves Lakers charity game poster from 1989. All kinds of weird stuff. Ooh, Ooh, a lot so of weird stuff. We'll tweet some of these out. A lot of weird prices. Oh, People want man. some crazy numbers. All right, that does it for our show. Thank you so much, Lucas, for being here today. Thanks for coming to the house. Chilling. We had never really met before this, so we just came on over to do a podcast. No big deal. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me. We'll have to do this much again. more handsome in person than I <laughs> anticipated. Yeah, and um, Lucas, why don't you why don't you tell us about where people can find you and, and tell us about your new situation with Forbes? You're, yeah. you're writing for Forbes. That's your new thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, covering Timberwolves athlete health for Wolf Among Wolves, uh, covering general NBA health for the Step Back, which is a, kind of a subdivision of Fan Sided. Um, and then starting uh, soon, uh, I'll be covering kind of athlete health for pretty much every other you sport. You're about baseball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There baseball, baseball, probably some football uh, for Forbes. Uh, so that'll be coming up probably in the next couple weeks. Right. Um, and then, yeah, otherwise you can find me on Twitter at Sport Kinematics. I spelled it before. I'm not going to do it again. Or you can find him at Line of Health. Also, just check the show notes. You out or whatever. Neil will yeah, link yeah. all this in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, I'll too. link it all. It'll be in the show notes and everything. And yeah, Lucas is uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're a physical therapist, right? Yep, so yep. yeah, maybe you'll, unfortunately, you'll be injured and Lucas will be the one helping you out get, get back on track. Yeah, yeah, there we you don't go. know. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to our show, everybody. I'll be away for the next two weeks, but Scott's going to be holding it down with some different mm, episodes. I got some fun you. plans. Got some fun stuff. Robert's so not available, so I'm going to shake yeah, things up. We got some stuff coming up for you here in the upcoming weeks. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Wolf's Cast. Until then, go Wolves. You ever played without a shoe at any point?